Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek 5'11", 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous 5'11", 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication. Turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. Now Go we're ahead. back. Here we are, back again with another episode of your favorite powerlifting podcast that comes out intermittently based exclusively on when we can be bothered recording. Peak Speak. Hello. Peak. Welcome back. Welcome. What? Can you? Am I loud? Why yeah, you? I can hear you fine. This is weird. Hello, hello. I can oh, hear sounds. telling me it's really quiet. Yeah, mine comes up with like what looks to be quite a small uh, waveform, but then when you play it back is like at a reasonable volume. So yeah, I think sometimes it's the visual that makes it look quieter than it is. Mm. I imagine Sam performs some sort of magic to make that level out anyway. So, you know, Sam, work your magic. Yeah, he must be. He must be. He makes it sound good every time, and I dare say it's because he's fueled by our partners at Prism Coffee Co. Indeed. Getting all of your finest coffee needs met via the internet from a small, mildly refurbished shipping container in Queanbeyan. I don't know what you're pulling a face about. Speaking of internet, internet. Excellent. Excellent. Thomas's internet is woefully behind the times, people. But here we are, soldiering on because we're committed to the process of intermittently recording our thoughts about powerlifting in an ongoing fashion. Well, it seems coincidence that I sit down here and do calls all the time. And it's only when I talk to you that the internet doesn't work. So, Mm. I don't know. coincidence or conspiracy i guess we'll never know also i just realized neither of us mentioned that you should use the code pigspeak to buy yourself some brism coffee co because that's how it works absolutely how are you my friend life is pretty good my man we are in the first week of our uh current intake of the prepare to powerlift course which is always a fun one um because we do that like in the lead up to our novice comp so we've got like four weeks the small group course in the lead up to our novice comps um and the idea is that it's not about like get them super strong or anything like that but just get them confident enough in the lifting and the technical side of things that they can hit the platform for their first comp and enjoy the experience so it's always fun to have a new group of people in for that um a bunch of them are from have done the workshop that we did a couple of weeks ago and so just kind of folding into that experience or, or building on that and I won you guys as well. So I got a group of five running through that, which is cool. And a few new people joining the gym as well, which is fun. Um, but yeah, it's, life's pretty good, man. How about you? Nice. Uh, I'm still here. I'm just testing if the if Zoom works better if I turn off my camera. I figured that was probably the case. I'm not sure that staring at just the words Thomas Lilly is quite as entertaining for me as watching you fidget in a way that makes it look suspiciously like you're masturbating on our live calls. But, you know, I'll make do with what I have. Uh, Sometimes suspicions are reality. Um, Yeah, things are good up here, my man. Things are surviving. Uh, We've gotten over a long 
legal arduous road arduous legal road to get the whales gym ready to go uh, oh that's exciting there. yeah i strongly recommend that you never deal with lawyers the from well, the uk i was gonna say the welsh in general or? <laughs> yeah the, and the there's fucking lawyers man they the ego is is ridiculous they have to have the last say so they'll say oh yeah this document's fine and then someone will say something and they'll say oh yeah this document's not fine because this full stop isn't in a way that i like it's in times new roman instead of homophone therefore you have to change the entire thing and also and that'll be that, 750 dollars <laughs> it's gonna cost you 10 billion dollars you fucking yeah. loser uh, but yeah we're, we're finally there we're finally over the line uh, so things are finally looking up millhouse uh and that's life otherwise gearing up for the zero pro everyone's um uh, getting excited for that if you haven't entered enter it because i'm getting annoyed with people not entering it quick enough <laughs> oh man the fucking bane of every powerlifting meet director's existence people signing up for powerlifting meets two weeks out from a meet that they've been training four months for yeah it's, can you still hear me yeah yeah um, i can still hear you it's it's interesting because like people who are now apl through and through know that our comps sell out straight away so they're on it uh, but the Zero Pro is obviously a lot of people that aren't in APL that have qualified. Uh, and it's just one of these things where you see someone online and they're like, oh, prepping for this comp. I'm like, well, that's interesting because you're currently not entered in the comp. So yep. you better hurry up with that. Yep. It's one of those things that people don't realize uh, is going to happen until it happens to them. And then they're all like, oh, but oh. It's like, well, man, just fucking enter your comp. Like, I entered this race I'm doing in November like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't think it's going to sell out. I just entered it mostly because then I'm committed, uh, which is f for me a big part of it as well. But um, yeah, it's a weird fascination that powerlifters have with that. I feel like for some people, it's often hedging their bets against being able to pull out if they want to, if they yeah, don't feel like they're exactly. up for it, which is just a fucking soft way to do it, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, either you commit to it and like if you get hurt, you get hurt and that's the nature of sport and you have to pull out and it sucks, sure. But, uh, yeah, I think hedging your bets is a great way to set yourself up for failure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's annoying for everyone. Yes, I, I completely agree. Like having having a comp where it's like, oh, it's going to be like a relatively small and easy comp. And then we had a whole bunch of entries in the last couple of weeks. You know, it just changes the logistics of it. It makes the whole process a lot more complex. It's just so much easier if you enter your meets early. Now, you mentioned entering your race. So speaking of race, did you see that Shane Hunt lost the plot overnight? I had never heard of who that person is. Um, but yes, I did. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me because powerlifting continues to attract a whole bunch of fucking nutcases. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like it's a it's another good example of what we say all the time, which is kids shouldn't do trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't follow the guy. I'd... I'd I've heard his name, but I never really knew who he was until, till overnight. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Powerlifting, Pow powerlifting drama. Another yeah. reason why if you're getting into powerlifting, you should probably just stay off the internet as mess as best you can. Exactly. I got to, I got to clarify for everyone as well. So many people got worried when I made that post about like, uh, defamation lawsuits thinking that i was getting sued for defamation I'm like no 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 i'm saying that i'm That's not the getting whole point. sued yeah because i yeah, understand yeah. how it works and so yeah, yeah. i can say whatever i want about pa and wilkes and, and sean muir as long as it's true yeah. and so that's all i'm doing just tell them, tell them the truth as long as it's based in fact they can't do shit yeah, yeah i was about to shout out 
a powerlifting lawyer who once a long time ago gave me everything I need to do know about defamation, but I don't know if he'd want to be shouted out for that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say sometimes it's best that those things are kept <laughs> private. Yeah. But speaking of defamation and lawsuits, what are we talking about today? <laughs> defamation or lawsuits? Yeah, I know. It was just a, use, a useless segue into a completely unrelated topic. Isn't that your specialty? Every time I mention anything spicy, yeah, every time I mention anything spicy like that, Sam messages me like the like the devil on my shoulder being like, release the forbidden episode. Release it. Release it. <laughs> you have to release it. I don't know why I'm still so scared of it. But I don't know. Anyway. I feel like we'd have to give that a re-listen because I have no memory of what was said in that episode. <laughs> um, but then again, I'm not the one potentially slandering people. So, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's always me as usual. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, my wonderful partner, Meg, suggested that we talk about how the competition experience changes over time. And I suspect it was just a subtle dig at us being over the hill. But whatever. <laughs> Maybe we are over the hill. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, where it was actually coming from is like she's coming into uh, a competition at the end of this year. She hasn't competed for a while now, but she's still relatively new to it all she hasn't done many competitions in general and she i guess she was saying how she's feeling about this comp how the training's been she's been dealing with a little injury for a while has made uh the experience of training for the comp and therefore how the comp experience is going to be very different to how it was in, in at the start because at the start it's so fun right it's so fun exciting yeah. and as you uh, as you turn it into an actual sport from a hobby into more of a sport i mean it's always a bit of both um it definitely changes and we are in the position where we have competed a lot and uh we've probably had i mean i can't speak for you oh but i can probably speak for you more than me actually uh you've probably had your best competition i know you're not absolutely yeah keen yeah. on doing more competitions in the future uh i see my best competition still to come but i know uh i'm i'm at the end you know i'm not i'm yeah. not in this for much longer yeah, uh, from yeah. a from a pushing my body to the absolute limit point. Of view. Yeah, um, and so we've we've had a, a, a growth arc in the sport of powerlifting that not a lot of people that are talking about powerlifting now can say they've had. No, and certainly I think also because we've been involved so heavily in the sport, not just as individuals, but as meet directors and as coaches. So not only have we had that experience ourselves, but certainly from my point of view, I would be willing to put my name up against almost any of the meet directors in Australia in terms of sheer number of people they'd introduced to the sport through the avenues of novice comps and, and things like that, just because of the number of comps we've held since 2014. You know, we've had something like three or 4,000 people across our powerlifting platforms in that time. And having watched a lot of people go through smaller versions of this arc and often like... Uh, you know, I get, I guess, truncated versions of this arc because they don't make it all the way through, and uh, this sort of feeds into what we talked about last week, week before, whenever the fucking episode last came out. Uh, but about people sort of getting to that first inflection point and and quitting, uh, mm. and so I think there's a lot to be said for for both of those avenues because there are things that I did in my competition experience that I would never recommend to people, um, and that definitely influenced how my competition experience went. Like the first probably five or six years, I did nothing but 
you know, trained for back-to-back meets basically for years at a time. And that certainly played a role. And it's differences like that um, that I think are interesting to talk about for sure. Is there something in particular that you feel like changed drastically over your competition career? Yeah, I think um, as too mature as this sounds, uh, you, you don't realize how much of your lifting that you're doing for other people until a lot longer down the track. Like, uh, I think all of us experience this to some degree because it is, you know, anything that's uh, got the packaging of an individual pursuit but isn't truly an individual pursuit um, carries with it a, a, the potential for an inflated sense of ego. Uh, I'd like to think I never had too inflated a sense of ego, but I think deep down we all do, and we all did in this sport, or we all do in this sport. And to a large degree, there's some utility to it. Like you, you need to, you need to fucking feel yourself if you're gonna absolutely push as hard as you can. You need to, you need to um, walk that line be- between um, cockiness and complacency. There's, there's a strong middle ground there. Uh, that comes from self-confidence under the weight. You have to be confident. And, and you have to be that for yourself, right? Like you can't externalize that. Even a good coach can believe in you, in some cases maybe more than you do, but if that uh, like internal fire isn't there, mm. yeah, in some extent, and it can be fostered and you can develop that in people and you know expose them to environments that develop that skill. But if it's not there, you're not going to be the best or the best you can be, not even the best ever, but just the best you can be because mm. no one's going to want it as bad as you do. Yeah, And in so, the end, you have to do the work. So I, I think the big realization for me with that and, and maybe it's a little bit less different. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more different if you uh, don't coach people or don't have a gym or whatever. Uh, but I certainly spent a few years without realizing that I thought that my performance in powerlifting was going to determine the success of my coaching. Um, like I'm big on lead by example. I'm big on do the thing that you're doing. But I really genuinely thought that pushing myself in powerlifting was going to be the ticket to, to being a top level coach and as i kept going on and i had hiatus from surgeries or injuries or whatever it was my coaching kept growing and i realized okay well actually it's my coaching that's making my coaching yeah. growing and, and and not my lifting and there was a huge sense of liberation with that and, and yeah. very much there wasn't like a, a moment where i sat there and thought oh it was just like reflecting over time and, and going back over the years and being like there were periods of time where i was really putting myself on the line that I didn't need to that would have extended my career that probably would have lessened the degree of um, what I did to my body through that period of time mm. uh, but I was I was hungry for it and again there's utility in that I got really fucking Absolutely. strong and I was pretty yeah. good at powerlifting for a while yeah uh, but ha- having you know having that uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, hindsight. hindsight whatever hindsight hindsight I was hindsight's like four, 2020 i was like foresight insight no, that's the other the one, other yeah, one? Yeah, yeah 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 having that hindsight, you were working your way from front to back and you hadn't got there yet yeah it's one of these annoying things as well <laughs> yeah. it's like i wish yeah. i knew that so i could change it but then it's like well i yeah, wish i didn't you, know that because yeah. that's how i've ended up in this position right now exactly man but i'd say that's probably the most poignant uh thing uh change over, over the period of time uh, that and just like the level of um, fun versus work and how that evolves yeah. over time or how it really comes full circle because powerlifting yeah, yeah, competitions to me yeah. now are really fucking fun yeah uh and it's a big part of it's because i have no pressure i don't have yes. to perform 
I only do them when I want to do them. I don't have yeah. to do them. Yeah. Um, and so like it's come full circle to being fun, but you and I both know that that middle period of like, this is my true identity. Everything yeah, yeah. rides on this. I have to push this. Uh, and it takes you a while to realize how much fun it sucks out of yeah absolutely man it killed it for me for sure like without a doubt and i actually have had a very similar reflection in and around lifting but specifically around transitioning away from lifting and into more endurance pursuits i have only realized through many hours running and riding over the last couple of years that i probably got into lifting weights not probably i certainly got into lifting weights and then into powerlifting competitively to prove something to someone else mm. i haven't quite worked out to whom i was proving what uh but it's certainly a product of being a fat enthusiastic 14 year old in an all boys school who was like just good enough at sport not to be a complete loser but not good enough to be cool mm. and finding like an avenue for proving my worth in that respect and something that i could control and I certainly think that was a part of my powerlifting journey or a significant part of my powerlifting journey as well. Uh, and interestingly, it's been getting into endurance that I've, where I feel like I've transitioned away from performance for the sake of proving something to someone else to performance for the sake of proving something to myself. Mm. And interestingly, that's then changed my experience of the competitive environment because and I think I've already talked about this on the podcast, but like when I ran the half marathon I ran last year, I actually really hated the competition experience. Mm. Like I performed to the standard that I wanted. I hit the number I was hoping for. I felt physically reasonably good in terms of how I performed, but I hated the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is because I've sort of, as wanky as this sounds, and it makes like it makes me sick at myself, but I feel like I've sort of evolved beyond the need for the competition environment to find the best in myself. Mm -hmm. I know that there are still people every day, like the, I literally had this conversation with our Prepare to Powerlift group on Wednesday about you, like you will all get a really significant boost out of the competition environment, whether you're recognizing it or not. And you get to like you, and one of these things that changes is you learn to use that more effectively, right? You learn that those nervous butterflies in your stomach the night before the meet don't really go away. But when you're really early in this journey, that's a scary experience. When you're further in the journey, that experience lights that fire and is like, fuck yeah, I'm ready for this. And I, I know that that means I'm ready for this. And I still very much get that experience. Like I'm sitting here talking to you about this race in November and my anus is clenching thinking about it because, and that's how I know I'm onto something big, right? Like if yeah. I start talking about it and it makes me feel like I need to shit and I'm really anxious all of a sudden, I know I'm leaning into something that's like just on the right end of terrifying. But on that day running that half marathon, I maintain I could have run a, a faster half marathon by myself with headphones on with no one around because I don't feel like I need that environment anymore. Mm -hmm. Certainly in powerlifting, I used to. Again, in training, like I still get something out of having people in the room, mm. but I can get just as amped up for a heavy lift by myself in an empty gym as I can with a group, a room full of people shouting and screaming, right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the big evolutions in your comp experience as you just become a better athlete. And this applies, I think, for sport across the spectrum, not just powerlifting. And perhaps my athletic experience early in my life influenced that journey in a way that maybe speeds it up 
compared to someone whose first competitive experience is something like powerlifting in their, you know, late teens, 20s, whatever the case may be. But that athlete mindset of, yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm like a little bit scared. Yeah, I know there's pressure here and maybe I'm creating all that pressure myself, but I'm doing it in a way that is a positive influence on on what's going to happen. That's an experience that you do have to learn to embrace a little bit and lean into that uncomfortable feeling and i think it takes a long time and a lot of exposure to do that and in a sport like powerlifting where you only get that exposure maybe two or three times a year it's a bit harder to learn that quickly and that's why i think maybe it takes a bit longer in the powerlifting context like i saw the the clip you guys put up on the zero uh page yesterday the day before from the podcast where you were basically just ripping off the topic we talked about in the last peak speak, well, you, uh, which is a great repurpose. A great, no, no, you've just repurposed the idea that I had, and it's fine. You don't have to credit me. It's I'm like, fine. We spoke about this on peak speak, <laughs> but fuck. Uh, anyway, I just knew that would light you up. But anyway, yeah. uh, it was making that point about like in a team sport, something like footy where you play once a week, you might lose every week. The first grade, first year of first grade rugby I played in Canberra, we lost every game all season by a minimum of like 20 or 30 points Mm. and like upwards of 50. And you learn to suck and you learn to do it anyway. And all those things that I think in a sport like powerlifting, you might struggle with, which is why so often we see people have this first big, like bad meat experience, injury, whatever that road bump is, and then disappear forever Mm. because they've never been conditioned to getting through that. Sure, 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 sure. No, I mean, like coming back to the first thing that you said, uh, I don't think at all the idea of like you can do this for yourself outside of the competition environment is is wanky at all because at the end of the day, that's that's what lights our fires, you know? Like people like you and I, we just want to see what our body can do. Absolutely. So really, we want to overcome our mind telling us to not do that thing. Well, and that's why I'm into endurance these days, man. Like literally, it is just an experiment in how deep into a hole yeah. can I dig myself mentally and keep going. Man, it's just, it's uh, my belief anyway. You can tell me I'm wrong, but like the way that our brains operate and the way that uh, things happened through our childhood and formative years it's just like we were always told you can't do that or you shouldn't do that or you're not supposed to be able to do that. And now we're Fuck both you. <laughs> now we just put that in our own head. We're like, yeah. you can't do that. You can't lift 400. For fuck you. Watch me. You can't You can't run a marathon. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to train and I'm going to run a marathon. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's that, again, same, same word. It's extremely liberating, extremely powerful. For me, I think where I've found this full circle to find competing and powerlifting really fun is that whole idea of like, I want to push myself. I want to see what my body can do. Uh, and knowing that it's going to be harder in competition. Yeah. But it's like, cool. Yeah, sure. You can, sure. You can lift 300 and whatever in the gym. Now go do it where it counts. Now do it in the yeah. comp. Now deal yeah. with all the eyes on you. People expecting you to be this powerlifting guy. Go deal with that. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love it again. I, I yeah. really do. Um, I, I don't care about the numbers anymore. Like I've, yeah. I've got numbers I want to hit, but if I don't hit them, I don't care as long as I can go in and, and do my best and try and be at least a little bit better than before. Great. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, this conversation always will come off to those of you that are in your 
late teens, early 20s and still in that enthusiastic, I identify as a powerlifter and every other aspect of my life is inferior to the concept of powerlifting people. This will sound a little bit like two crusty old dudes sitting on a couch telling you to get off their lawn, but... There also aren't that many guys that got into guys, girls, people that got into powerlifting when we did that are still around and actively involved in it. And I think, you know, without blowing our own horns too significantly, listening to some of this wisdom is probably going to do you some good because we don't say it without merit and we don't say it without it being something that we've witnessed, not just in ourselves, but in hundreds or thousands of people at this point over the last, you know, what's it been? 10 years, 13 years. I did my first comp 2010. Uh, so yeah, There's, yeah and, I mean, like, it's crazy to think that we've been in powerlifting for like nearly a quarter of a century. Yeah, bro, this is my twentieth year of lifting weights. Yeah, disgusting. yeah, yeah. I, I I had that realization like, I think mine was last, late last year, sort of early this year is the point where I've ticked over twenty years, which is fucking crazy. Um, mm. but. Yeah, 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 but that's exactly why we're talking about this. This is exactly why we do this. Is because we love that enthusiasm. I yeah, love seeing these kids fucking being yeah. balls to the wall powerlifting is my life, and I want to guide them to the point where they can make it their life for twenty years. Yeah, you know, I, I want them to stay in as much as you. You want to love something? Love is great, but love is fleeting if you're not careful about it. And so, I want this to be like your marriage. I want this <laughs> to be like I want it to survive the ages. Uh, or at least the principles of it survive the ages so you can eventually change sports or change pursuits or change hobbies as your lifestyle changes like there's so many lessons and cool lessons that you can learn about uh, or from being 125,000 percent committed to a task and palestine is a fucking healthy outlet for that if you Absolutely. make a healthy outlet as in yeah. avoid train when you're 19 years old and lose <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great place to finish, I think. Because yeah, if there's ever good advice to take in powerlifting, it's don't take trend and go crazy on the internet. Yeah, I mean, that's what we say publicly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Again, all things have their utility. Okay, bye. <laughs> See you. <ya. laughs>